On this episode of AV Week, we talk about consultant outreach, designing and selling on emerging trends, and translating AV in real time. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 352, recorded Friday, May 25th, 2018. Chase the Head. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Christie Digital and by Crestron. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host with us to talk about the news and information of the week. First and foremost, her name is Brandy Alvarado, and she is from RP Visuals. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Also, also with us, uh, we'll do the Jersey Boys here. First up uh, is Clint Hoffman. He is from Kramer. How are you, sir? Doing great, Tim. Thank you. Uh, and the next other part of New Jersey, his name is Tim Trost, uh, and he is from Middle Atlantic Products. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. Uh, and last but not least, not to be outdone, uh, Mr. Luke Jordan, from the great country of Texas. How are you? Doing good, Tim. Notice I said country of Texas. I know where to. Where oh, no, you got it right. I would have corrected you. Well, I, I have no doubt about that. I love Texans. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start this off here. Um, this first story comes to us uh, by way of our friends over at Innovate uh, on the net. Uh, Biamp is introducing a new program. And they're, they're, it's, it's their consultant program, and they're dedicating it to the consultant. And they're they're bringing in, uh, not bringing in. They, Bill Natras was already working with them, but Bill Natras, if you're not familiar with Bill, uh, first of all, if you ever get a chance to take a class with Bill, you should. Uh, one of the smartest guys that I know in the industry. He came to the industry. He came to Biamp um, by way of, of Shin Milsom and Wilkie. So he's been in the consulting part for a long time. Then he started working with Biamp a couple of years ago, and now he's he's you know moving that direction when it comes to um, the manufacturer side with Biamp. Luke, I'm going to start with you on this though. Uh, from an integrator standpoint, how important is it to have um, somebody who's kind of driving that bus for a manufacturer specifically, working the consultant side? So when you get a bid, you get a you know you get a uh, request for proposal when it comes you know and, and you like okay you know great groovy I'm I'm a Biamp dealer that's awesome. They actually know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about, as opposed to just going, I want a DSP, right? Or I want a rack, in, in Tim's case. Uh, how important is it for, for you know, a program like this to have Biamp driving that uh, from the consultant side? Um, I'd say that we work more design build than bidding on consultant work. So I will preface this you know, with that. But having the manufacturers invest in relationships and bring their technical expertise and their connections to the table, uh, it, it tends to work out a lot better for us. Um, okay. When it's kind of left up to, as, as far as a consultant job goes, it, if it's kind of left up to the integrator to just kind of pull in a whole bunch of parts and decide what, I guess, ecosystem they want, that can cause problems. Uh, especially because they weren't really part of those programming meetings with the client. They aren't really 
you know, part of all that. So having the consultant and the manufacturer really on the same page and coming up with uh, just a solution that really does meet the client's needs and expectations and then getting the integrator involved in that is, is huge. All right, Brandy, we're going to start with you on, on this next part. Uh, from the rest of the rest of you three are all manufacturers. First question, though, is, is, is how do you get in with consultants? Um, how do you get in, whether it's is it lunch and learn, you know, relationships, meeting them at Infocom? How do you do that? A couple of different things, actually. We kind of, at our visuals, uh, skewed our business model about two years ago um, so that we are much more aligned with the consultants. Um, and that's really where we play mostly because of uh, the, the custom work that we do. We, we want to be specified in early into a project more so than, um, you know, than, than later. Um, and so for us, really, it's a couple of different things. Obviously, relationships is a big thing. So lunch and learns, like you said. But really, for us, what we've tried to do over the last year is create um, presentations and different courses through Avixa and through um, other associations so that we can have the, the tools to promote ourselves as the thought leader and, and really align ourselves with the consultants. Very good. Uh, Tim, we'll start with you. On, I'll bring you on this next. Uh, what are some of the challenges when it comes to dealing with working with consultants and, and working with some of the things that they're asking for, whether it's, you know, they're asking you for a product that doesn't exist or, hey, I like this, but can you change this? What are some of the, the challenges that you guys have run into? Yeah, you know, it's, it's constant every day with the consultant uh, community working with end users and users wanting technology that may or may not exist and having environment or spaces that can support the technology. We've worked with a couple of end users that had glass conference rooms and said, where do I put the gear? And um, you know, so one of the, the angles we take is, is with custom design solutions, um, you know, not to the scale that, that Brandy and RP Visuals has, but we've, we've modified many of products to fit in spaces. Um, we're all focused on, on the end user and delivering incredible AV experiences, that's what the industry is about. And so teaming up with the consultant to overcome those challenges um, is really where we find the sweet spot in, in building relationships and continuing those relationships. All right, Clint, same kind of question. You know, what, what are some of the challenges you guys run into when it comes to working with consultants? Well, one of the challenges, it's not necessarily working with consultants per se, uh, but one of the challenges we have is uh, it's almost counterintuitive uh, pursuing a consultant. So I congratulate uh, Biamp because it's one of the best things you can do, but it's not as easy to measure as perhaps maybe dedicating resources to the channel, to the direct resellers and the distributors and the indirect resellers that buy from your distributors. Uh, you know, there you can get a purchase order and you can say immediately and say, look, I've done a good thing. Uh, with consultants, it's a, it's a little bit more of uh, you know, in, investing time that's going to pay off somewhere else down the line, or is a little less tangible. But it's also one, of, as I said earlier, one of the most important things. Uh, Luke mentioned that the, they're not really that much of a uh, of a consultant. Uh, uh, driven company where they respond to consultant work, but we got one here in the Northeast that's really large that's pretty open about the fact that they're 80%. So in order to do business with that company, you got to get the consultant to do the specification to sell the product through that particular uh, channel partner. Uh, but it's, um, 
it, 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 uh, it, getting in at the beginning, instead of chasing the head of the snake instead of the tail of the snake, you can't succeed in chasing the tail of the snake. You can't, you're not going to flip jobs after they're specified. It's, it's an uphill battle. And uh, so getting in with the consultants and being somebody that they're specifying, ultimately important. You mentioned the fact that, that you, know, you can walk away from an integrator with a PO and said, I've done a good job. And that, that changes somewhat when you're dealing with consultants. Is it something where manufacturers are going to have to revisit how they look at that relationship and how they look at, you know, KPIs, you know, key performance indicators for folks like you guys and Tim and, and Brandy when they're working with consultants. Well, okay, you know what? I don't have a PO, but I have this job and you guys can track it. You mentioned the fact that it might be a year or a year and a half later, but you guys have to adjust that. How do you do that? So in our case, we're actually, you know, first you got to have a dedication to the fact that the consultants are that important to you. Uh, one thing you can do, and, and what we're doing right now is re, we're reorganizing our sales force. Um, we relied in the past completely on regional sales managers, and uh, now we're adding uh, two resources to every territory. One's a regional sales manager, the other's a field sales support engineer. Um, and the, and the, the direction of the two is slightly different, uh, the RSM. You know, spend X amount of your time on your channel partners and X amount of time on end users that you're going to bring to your channel partners because we're never going to go around the uh, channel partners ever. Uh, and then the field sales support engineer is work with the channel partners, but then the other half of your time, you're going to be going after consultants, something we haven't done historically. Uh, so yeah, we're doing it from a, a personnel level, maybe not to the level buy-in we've just done it, but we're making a concerted effort. Concerted effort. Very good. All right, guys. Next story up. Uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Infocom for a couple a uh, couple of weeks, a couple actually probably about a month now. Uh, by the time this posts, it will be about a week out. One of the days uh, for the second year in a row is Emerging Trends Day. It happens the Tuesday before Infocom. So Infocom is June sixth through the eighth. This actually happens June fifth. Uh, one of the guys that he actually is a host of one of our shows, uh, Connected. Dave Danto is going to be a part of it. There are nine folks that are going to join um, this group. It's an entire day. It starts at eight o'clock in the morning. And it's a group of folks that are kind of giving you a roadmap. Brandy, I want to start with you on this. When it comes to education, and this is technically an education session from Avixa, stuff that like this that, that looks ahead and kind of future cast, if you will, what are some of the benefits that an integrator or honestly a manufacturer even can take away from something that is, is a little bit squishy and hard to, you know, hard to nail down as much as, as you know, looking ahead to what may or may not be coming down the pipeline uh, for the industry? I think it's great. You know, personally, I think the direction that uh, Avix has taken with the TIDE conference and with this uh, uh, emerging, emerging Technologies Day is, is just a great direction to be going. That's really where everything is kind of uh, leading anyway. The innovation is what kind of propels us all. Um, and from an RPV standpoint, we're always sort of on the forefront of these crazy technologies that are that are coming out. So for us, it just it makes a lot of sense again to to have these type of uh, educational uh, points. You know, the the unbound canvas and you know pixels everywhere type of scenario is 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 where we play. So I, I I'm I'm very interested. I wish I wish I wasn't setting up the show so that I could actually attend some of these things. But I'm on booth duty, so. <laughs> Well, yes, and that, that that is one of the downsides yeah. is, is not having as many manufacturers in there, I think. Um, Tim, when it comes to you, I mean, what, what are some of the things that manufacturers can take away from or even provide a group like the, these emerging trends? Yeah, you know, whether or not the technology and the, the exact trend is solid, you know, kind of get into your point, Tim, 
if we understand where people are pushing the technologies, where the boundaries are being pushed, at least even in its nebulous form, we can get start moving towards the direction and develop the solutions that we're predicting will solve the problems that emerge as a result of technology changing. We look at the miniaturization of technology, where does it go, huddle spaces, conference rooms with more touch screens, larger touch screens, um, inevitably how people work and, and uh, collaborate in these spaces uh, is, is, is a challenge every day to get solved and every end user sees something exciting on the show floor at Infocom but doesn't exactly think about the practicality of implementing it in their office space. And um, when we get an opportunity as a manufacturer to get insight into the, um, you know, being an infrastructure company, getting in, into the insight of the technology companies, it helps us bring their technology to life and makes it more practical and user usable to the end user. So for someone like me, a product guy, these these events are, are tremendous. And I, I think I'm going to try to escape a little bit of booth duty to uh, to get out and check it out. Come on you, with you know, you. I'm recording this, right? <laughs> I want to point that out. I'm recording this. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I'm not going to cut that out. I almost said I'll cut that out, but I'm not going to cut that out. So I leave it in and send it to Lori. That, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, Luke, <laughs> from the integrator side, this is far reaching, dude. This is, this is, this is a stretch here, right? Uh, as much as I enjoy, you know, kind of future casting as much as the next person when it comes to integration. You can't design on this, right? Like you can't necessarily walk out of here and take take your client and go look and see what we can do in six, nine, ten months, maybe two years. Uh, so, what are the benefits of, of an event like this? Um, it it really actually has not a whole lot to do with client interaction and sales for me. It I mean, eventually it does. It really has a lot to do with more of my business model and me deciding what my company is going to be a part of going forward. Um, so this is actually, you know, AV as a service, unified communications, managed services, um, all of all of these topics that are being discussed uh, weren't around a few years ago. Um, that's why it's emerging tr trends, I guess. But uh, as, as a company, we've got to decide, is this is this our identity? Is this something that we start doing? And what does that look like? How does this fit our values, our footprint? Uh, how does this match up with our client base? Do we want to start attacking new verticals? Do we want to start uh, a 24-7 help desk and start doing managed services? Do we want to start doing AV as a service and, and not focus on selling boxes? And so it's, it's a very different uh, perspective for an integrator. And the decision I make on all of these topics now, I will find out in an, a few years if I was that was the right decision or the wrong decision. So this is very long term. We've had of our we have like an issues list on like a whiteboard, and deciding whether or not to do this these these different trends for our business model is part of that long-term big issue discussion that we're kicking around. So stuff like this is a really big deal for us because there's a good chance we might not do it. And then we go out of business because we were wrong or we decide to do it 
And then now we have to scale up much bigger and faster than we wanted to. And now I'm just holding on for the ride and kind of saying, this isn't really what I wanted five years ago. So it, it's, it's a very difficult discussion, but I'm glad that there's a format and a place to host it and, and really to see that. Absolutely. Uh, Clint, we'll end this discussion on with you. Uh, when it comes to the manufacturing and actually you know, take it from manufacturing and working with integrators and, and the consultants, when they come out of this, and, and some of your folks may well be able to attend it, but there's also going to be a handful of folks that are going to walk out of there, and they're going to go to your booth, and they're going to go, okay, Clint, I just learned this yesterday, right? I learned this during Emerging Trends. Talk to me about that, right? Talk to me about this. Where, where are you guys at with that? How do you guys respond to that when it comes to you? You're, you're trying to sell now. You're trying to sell the today. You're trying to sell what you guys have, have brought to the, the table you know, at Infocom now. But you've also got a, a client list that's also trying to be, you know, uh, future future looking as well. Well, actually, they dovetail pretty well um, because uh, we've already we've already come up with some stuff that might not necessarily be mainstream. Uh, a control system that lives in the cloud, uh, an enterprise management solution for AV hardware, a uh, you know an, an enterprise management solution for wireless presentation and collaboration. So, so those I want to dovetail off of what Luke said. Now, those things that he's talking about, the managed services, the as a services. You know, we're thinking that that's the way that this uh, industry is going to go. Uh, if you're an integrator or, you know, you're going to say to yourself, hey, I'd love to start my budget process by saying I'm getting this much revenue coming in next year, period. Now I'll build on top of that because historically we've been a project-based industry yep. and, and projects come and go. They end up the pipeline. You hope you got enough of them in the pipeline to make payroll every other Friday. Start adding some managed services and some AV as a service and you're getting a regular check. Well, now you can. It, it's it's a lot easier. It levels out that cash flow. We're starting to offer these services. That conference validates that. That sends people out of there to come to my booth and say, "Okay, a bunch of experts just said this is what's going on. Uh, you got? Do you have it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, okay. Now I, I've I've skipped a step. I've saved a step. You know, or I can talk to Luke about it because he's got it on the whiteboard, and then he can come and and I can say, you know, now that you've seen that and you've heard from them, here's what we're thinking, and and we get there faster." And that you, you you actually bring up a really good point. The only counter to that I would say is if you're not an a, a manufacturer who can say that, you know. <laughs> yeah, good point. We'll leave it at that. Uh, good point. Uh, our last story here. Uh, our last story here uh, comes to us from commercial commercial integrator. Kudo brings the world to your laptop and mobile in many languages. Now, this is a, a, a phone app and a, and a laptop app that lets you translate in real time video conferencing. And Tim, I'm gonna start with you on this. Not for nothing, Middle Atlantic is owned by Legrand or Legrand. Well, and yes, Legrand. Legrand is a French company. Um, if they wanted to, and I'm not saying that they do, if they wanted to, they could have a company-wide meeting, multinational corporation, and they could say, okay, we're going to speak in French, and the folks that are in the Netherlands can listen, you know, in Dutch, and Tim can listen in New Jersey, and, you know, the fo that was a New Jersey joke, guys, come on. <laughs> not Seriously. Yeah, you've been on New Jersey. The folks well, at Milestone you, can listen in, in Minnesotan, um, you know, and... Another good one. Um, 
but good one. Yeah, Andy. something like this though. Talk about about you know we just talked about emerging trends, and this is something that. Oh, good Lord. Those of you who, you know, read uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, you know, or, or saw the movie, there's something in there called babble, a babble fish, and then you stick the fish in your ear and you can listen and talk to any uh, alien in, in, the, in the galaxy or in the, in the universe, and you can understand each other. Something, but that was science fiction in the 70s when Douglas Adams first wrote that. This is something that has taken that beyond that. How does this help, uh, honestly, the, the integrators and, and the, honestly, the manufacturers who are putting in these systems and, and making, them, making, making them viable for the year or the next year when they can do stuff like this? Yeah, you know, it's huge. Just breaking down the language barrier is, is opens the door up to the globalization of the economy, right? It's always a challenge dealing with um, offices, whether they be your own, like in Legrand, or with other vendors um, or, or customers. And, and so I think the ability to communicate kind of in your native language and, and uh, hold meetings like this in your native language will break down a lot of walls. And when it starts to break down walls, it further expands, it drives growth in the industry. Um, it, it just simplifies the, the whole meeting experience. And I'll be curious to see how long and, and how far they can go with this technology. Um, because you look at you know, the underlying voice control layer and so many of the voice assistants that we have, I mean, the, the technology is progressing so fast that this will, be, uh, this will be the norm, right? You think about where glasses are going and implantables and science fiction of the 70s is going to become reality in the, the 20s, the 2020s, you know? Yeah, very, very, very. Uh, Clint, I'll bring you on this oh, this as well, not for nothing, but is, you know, their, their corporate headquarters uh, worldwide is, is, is in Israel. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys have a, an office in, in New Jersey. There's one in India. There's one in, you know, you, so they're very much global as well. But also, you know, to Tim's point, not just your own meetings, but also meetings with, with you know, clients and vendors as well. How does that help this? So, Tim, I'm going to take a slightly different point of view. Um, I'm going to suggest that this is probably something that would be great for the tourism industry, yeah. but not necessarily required in business. Okay. Um, I don't see an actual benefit. Um, you know, I spent years working at Japanese companies. I've worked um, working for a company that's headquartered in Israel. I've had meetings throughout Europe uh, over the years. and I've never been in a meeting where everybody didn't speak English. I'm not trying to be an arrogant American about that. It just happens to be a fact. Um, and every meeting I've ever been in, um, when they did speak their native language, it was because they didn't want me to know what they were saying. So I still don't think it works. Okay. No, no, that, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. yeah if, I, if you don't want, want me to understand, then speak something other than me. Yeah. They're saying something about me behind my back. And uh, they claim we're going to speak in a different language right point. now. Yes, absolutely. They're, they're saying that. All right, Brandy, um, you know, same thing here, you know, working with clients around the world. Uh, does this, you know, is, is technology like this going to help do business globally or, or to Clint's point, there's a lot of folks who have English, maybe not as a first language, but definitely as a second or third language. Creo que sí. And the only reason why I say that is that um, I'm the only one on staff at RPV who speaks Spanish. And so inevitably, when I'm at Infocom or any of these shows, I get shoved when people are speaking Spanish or, or different languages, even if it's not Spanish, go talk to them type of thing. So tell me they don't push like, you know, somebody speaking German on you. 
<laughs> they try and they're thinking it's Spanish or something sometimes. <laughs> no, I've actually, I've had, I've had funny situations where people have been speaking Portuguese, not Spanish, and my boss going, go talk to them, go talk to them. And I said, that's not Spanish. <laughs> I can't communicate in Portuguese. At any rate, no, I think it's, I know, I'll try, right? It's close. Um, I, I think it's, for us, I mean, we, we're the distributor for BNP screens uh, to all the Americas. And uh, I think the Latin American market is very much an emerging market for us. And um, having the ability outside of myself to be able to communicate, you know, as Tim said, breaking down those language barriers. When you can speak in a native language and, and not just conversationally, but technologically, it is a completely different beast and uh, much appreciated from the other side of the table. So um, I, I think it's a great tool. All right. Mr. Jordan, we'll let you end on this one, uh, not for nothing, but you know, uh, Luke is in Texas and you know the, the first language of Texas is Spanish and the second one is English. <laughs> um, and I say that as somebody else. Has friends down there um <laughs> whether that's locally right or you know working with folks uh, around the world you know how does something like this help you guys do business or does it I, i'd say that it has value and it also has constraints uh being a local company we don't have a global footprint um so as far as conducting business that it doesn't really help us but that being said I mean, just growing up in Texas, you, you take Spanish from an early age and there's not this, this concept that I'm never going to need this. I'm not going to pay attention. I've been conversationally fluent more, more, you know, I used to be better, not as much anymore, but I mean, I, I've always spoken Spanish and I, I use it all the time just to communicate because there is just such a big Hispanic culture in Texas. Um, they are the, the the majority in Texas, actually. So, I, I kind of agree with with what Brandy's saying. Meeting people where they're at, and and just going the extra mile to to show respect, deference, and and that you care about what they have to say, and even just how they say it. I think that's huge. So, it, it might not impact your business. It it might it might be uh, more for fun or for tourism. But I think if, if you're trying to communicate on a global scale for whatever reason, I think this is a, a big value. I don't know if I could put an ROI on it for me as an integrator, but that's not really what this is about. Yeah. All right, guys, that is going to end it for us here. Uh, Miss Brandy Alvarado, thank you so much for joining us. Having me. Uh, Brandy is from RP Visual, and she will be at Infocom in a booth. So what booth will you be in, ma'am? <laughs> We're in Central Hall, 2170, smack dab between Sony and NEC. Come by and see us. Well, there you go, uh, Central Hall. Mr. Clint Hoffman from Kramer, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, we'll be at Infocom, too. We'll be in booth at the Central Hall again, booth C, 2919. 2919, all right, very good. And Mr. Trost, thank you, sir. Where, where will you and the rest of the Legrand group be? We'll be uh, shown for the first time as Lagrand AV. Middle Atlantic will be participating with Chief, Vadio, uh, C2G, Wiremold, and Daylight Screens. We'll be in booth C3683. Come check us out. All right, very good. Uh, and also, last but not least, Luke doesn't have a booth, you know, so he feels kind of left out here, but he'll be roaming around going to all three of yours booths. Luke, uh, thank you so much, sir. How do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me anywhere the party is at, at Infocom 18. 
<laughs> I love it. You can also find me on Twitter at Luke Jordan EAVI or EAVI.com. All right. Very good, Luke Jordan. Also part of the SCN, the nine, uh, nine of the uh, hottest up and coming uh, AV professionals uh, today. So check that out on uh, avnetwork.com. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me uh, on the Twitters uh, at this point. I'm really hoping that somebody that I know and like and that likes me has a ticket to the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs that's going to happen in Vegas during Infocom 2018. Just want to point that out there. Go uh, Golden Knights. So, uh, no, but, but go by the website if you would, please. avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You will find this program and, oh, my goodness, a host of others. You'll find all sorts of uh, interview uh, that we've done previewing Infocom 2018, our Infocom 2018 coverage. Uh, you also find out the underwriter section. These are the folks who help us and support us financially. Clint and, and Kramer and Tim and Bill Atlantic are two of those. We thank them for their support. All that and more. Also, uh, Luke mentioned the party, so let's talk about it. The AV Nation uh, AV Tweet Up will happen June 6th from 4 to 6 p.m. in our studio, N as in Nancy uh, North, I guess. 217. It's not a booth. It's a room. Go up the escalator, hang a right, and, and you'll find us there between four and six. Free food and drink. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Steering. So all that and more at avnation.tv. avnation.tv. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. It's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs> <laughs>